Hey guys, so I'm going to get to the episode of when the scriptures become real. It's again a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow, where we try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can, as we continue to serve our Lord. Again, you guys find the podcast on YouTube, anywhere you get your podcast. We're just so thankful you guys are here uh, and that you guys are with us today. So before we get started, um, next week, Lord willing, we will be at Lads to Leaders in Louisville. We'll have a booth there. We'll have information there. We'll have podcast information, things to give away. So if you're in that area in Louisville, uh, we'd love to have you guys uh, come come by the booth and come see us at Lads to Leaders. And we're really looking forward uh, to being there uh, for that week. Okay, so here's our topic for today. Our topic for today, I'm so excited. I always say this. I'm, I'm always going to keep saying I'm excited about it because I'm legitimately excited about it. But this topic is, is special. Okay, this topic is special. And this might be something that um, that you might need to hear to, you know, gain some new perspective on some things for you, right, as, as it's helped me uh, as well. Um, the topic is sooner or later, you'll be living in the answer. Okay. Sooner or later, you will be living in the answer. So there, there's actually a song, a song lyric, and it literally goes like this. Before you know it, things are going to get better. Before you know it, you'll be standing on the other side. You've got no reason to be worried about forever this very moment before you know it. Sooner or later, you'll be living in your answer of every prayer that you've prayed when you thought your hope was gone. For all you know, it has happened this very moment before you know it. You know, a, a lot of times in our prayers and as we journey, it's interesting when you study scripture, Psalm 23, Colossians chapter 3, all these things, First John chapter 1, 2, and 3, you know, it, the Bible always personifi- personifies our life and our relationship with God as a walk, walk in him, walk in the light. Right, Psalm chapter 23, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. We sing songs, right? He walks with me and he talks with me. You know, a lot of times on our walk, and I, you know, for me, and maybe this fits you and where you're at right now, a lot of times with your walk with God, and it's understandable, and I'm not trying to um I'm not trying to demean, you know, your issues or your problems or your disappointments or your heartbreaks or or your loneliness, or how you're hurting, or the the answers that you don't have. I don't want to not make those things real, because those things, even after you pray, and even even after you continue to walk with God, those things are real after the prayer's over. You know, after, Lord willing, the next day the Lord lets you live, those things are still there, right? They're real. So I'm not trying to demean or even dismiss that those things are there. But a lot of times on our walk with God, what our walk can be is a complaint. Does that make sense to you guys? The walk with God can be a complaint. And I, I fall into that at times too. You know, you complain about what you don't have. You complain about what's not here. You know, and, and you talk to God in, in every single conversation that you have with him. It's a conversation of it's always dismal. It's always asking for something. It's always being confused. It's always... Uh, you know, there's no gratefulness, there's no gratitude, there's no, there's no satisfaction, there's no contentment, there's no thankfulness, there's, there's none of that. And when we walk with God, many times as we walk with him, our walk is a complaint. But, you know, when we talk about sooner or later, you'll be living in your answer. 
it's so interesting, guys, the, the things that you're praying about now and the things that you've prayed about before, this very moment that you're listening to this podcast right now, you know that you're living in an answered prayer. And if it's not living in an answered prayer for you, you're living in an answered prayer for someone else that's prayed for you years ago. And so the, the thing about the Lord, and this is why he always, Jesus always talked about this, and we're going to look at this. So I, as we talk about sooner or later, you'll be living in your answer. I want to understand this concept of the moment, okay? I really want us to understand that concept of the moment. Look at this. Look at this. Look at the, oh, man, there's so, there's so many places to go. Uh, all right, let me calm down. All right, let me calm down. Uh, Matthew chapter uh, Matthew chapter six. Let's start there. Okay. Matthew chapter six. And Jesus has given us a concept um, when it comes to prayer. Okay. And as he's given us his concept of when it comes to prayer and then what follows prayer, he begins it in, in Matthew chapter six. And notice he starts in verse nine. After this manner, this is how you pray. This is how you talk to, this is how you talk to the creator that you're walking with. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Now, verse 11, it's so small and we can kind of pass pass through it because of how small it is, but it's so important in this concept of the moment. Give us this day our daily bread. Don't miss the, don't miss the words and the phrases. This day and daily so daily is a day, but is a singular day. Give us this day is a momentary time. It's a singularity in time and space. So what, what concept is Jesus trying to get us to understand? Live for today and what the Lord has provided you. Remember, sooner or later, you'll be living in your answer. How many times? Have you prayed for things and you prayed for things and even the things that you have? How many times have you prayed to the Lord about those things? And then what you have currently, who's around you currently, what's around you currently, all these things you just dismiss because we take it for granted. We take it for granted because we don't understand the moment. We don't understand the manna for the day. We don't understand the people that God has given us in our lives today. And unfortunately, so many times the only time we really see the manna that God gave us all those dailies through the years is when those things, we can't have them anymore. Those people are moved on and they're gone now. Those opportunities are gone now. And then now we realize, man, that was God providing manna in the form of a person. That was God perform, uh, giving manna in the form of this congregation. That was God giving me a form of manna in all these different ways. But because I was so focused on forever, I was so focused on the future, on tomorrow, on what I want, on what everybody else has, on the time left that I have, on the odds of things happening, on the things not aligning, on what I'm seeing people do and what they're not doing for me. All these things that we're doing that's aligning together, but then we're missing the moment. In the book of Isaiah, God says, or Isaiah, the prophet he mentioned that the Lord would uphold his servant, right? The Lord would uphold him. That word meaning to guide him, to carry him, to be with him, to walk with him, a prophecy concerning Jesus. And then in Luke chapter 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, and 11, you will see various verses 
on, and the Lord went off to pray. The Lord went off to ask for help. The Lord went off to ask for help. And then in Luke chapter 11, verse number one, now when we look at that, now the disciples, they asked Jesus a specific type of question. They said, when they saw that he was asking for help, when he was praying, he stopped and the disciples said, teach us how to ask for help. You know where Jesus may have started? Ask for help for today. I don't know how many times, sometimes you ever seen, well, you know, us, you know, as being a new generation, you remember when your old headphones, when they used to get all jumbled up and it took like almost 20 minutes to unjumble those, those things. Remember maybe a ball of yarn or, or whatever it is that you were playing with and it got all jumbled up, maybe even your shoelaces and it took so long and you felt like, man, it's going to take forever to untie this. You know, that's how mentally some of our lives are. If we don't get the concept of Matthew chapter 6, give us this day our daily bread, which connects with this day. So if we don't get that concept, we are constantly making things harder on ourselves because of what's not here. So then now, now when we wise up and we get smarter and we're trying to grow and do what the Lord wants us to do, now we see the ball that we've created over the past couple months and years, and then now we're not as persistent in asking God for help, Luke chapter 11, verse 1, because now we see that everything's all jumbled up, and the odds of things untying and working out the way that may seem optimal to you, it seems pretty low. It seems pretty low. Sooner or later, you will be living in your answer. Yeah, it's just, it's an interesting, interesting concept of living in the answer. And I love that. I love the idea, guys, of walking. You know, Psalm chapter 23, David, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Here's what's hard. Well, Jordan, I understand, but I'm praying, I'm growing, I'm trying to do the right things. But it just seems like I've done this for a countless amount of years, a countless amount of months. And things and people around me that I know and known, they haven't really changed. So it's not really working the way that it's supposed to work. So maybe I'm doing something wrong, right? Maybe there's something wrong with me. Maybe I'm being too stagnant. Maybe I need to go do something. Maybe I need to go do what everybody else did. The thing about walking is David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He gives us two connotations there. Walking is a constant. I'm, I'm continuing to move. But I'm not walking and continuing to move on a plane that's easy to walk on. I'm walking and I'm continuing to move downwards. I'm not walking towards something, seemingly. I'm not walking up towards something, seemingly. I'm not walking, you know, to a goal, seemingly. What I can see is I can keep walking, but the way that I'm walking, I keep going down. Month after month, year after year, prayer after prayer, instance after instance, hurt after hurt, it just, I just keep going down, but I just keep walking, so I'm not getting anywhere. I get the concept, don't you? Don't you get that concept? But the thing about a valley naturally is naturally it cannot go so low 
that it doesn't rise again. So David understood the concept of continuing to take a step every day. You know, there's there's times where I've been talking to people that listen to the podcast, friends of mine, people that I don't know. And sometimes this same conversation will come up and the conversation is like this. You know, you ever feel like you're insane? You ever feel like you're crazy, that you're the only one trying to do the right thing, that maybe you're by yourself in what you're doing and you feel like there's a certain level of insanity to you? And the reason why I feel crazy is not just because of the outside of what they think in their opinion, but I also feel crazy because I'm continuing to to walk and to and to pray and to work through these things and to keep walking through these valleys. But I feel so insane because I'm giving all the maximum effort that I can as I'm walking and continuing. But there's no change. So now why do I keep doing it? That's how the conversations go normally. But the thing about sooner or later, you'll be living in your answer. We know that David from Psalm 23, David didn't stay in that valley. David continued to grow. And for you, the beauty of God's refinement, Hebrews chapter 11 and 12, the beauty of faith, Hebrews chapter 11, the beauty of of the Lord allowing us to grow and to refine us and afford us through these things is sometimes we feel like there are days and prayers and nights and years and months and holidays and whatever you want to put in there. It feels like you're not getting anywhere. But the only thing that you can see and feel is what's going on around you. The only thing you can see and feel is is the cover of loneliness, the cover of pain, the cover of all these things. That's That's the only thing you can feel and that you know is present. You know that. But as you feel that and you understand that, sometimes you feel like you're kind of in this hamster wheel. And the maximum output is there or input is there, but the but the maximum output is not there. So then you feel like you're you're a little insane. Why am I doing this? Well, you know, the beautiful thing about this is sometimes when you put your head down and you look up, you don't even know where you are anymore. Why? Because during those times and years and months and days and holidays and whatever you want to put there, you you just keep walking through those things. Every time something goes bad, every time something blows up, every time something doesn't work out, every time things are gone, every time things are taken away, every time all this happens, every time things aren't given, You feel like you're not moving, but you're walking and you're taking a step and you're taking a step and you're taking a step. You know what you're doing when you're doing that? You're going higher, but you don't know that you're going higher. Let me use an example. There's only a few times in my life that time has stopped, right? For for good reasons and maybe bad, but there are only a few times when time has stopped and One of the times that time has stopped was on Sunday for me, and this is why. Here we're having some of the, uh, some students here from the Memphis School of Preaching, and um, I was a student there about, what, six years ago now, something like that, and, and you know, when I saw them here at the auditorium, 
and they were sitting on the right side of the auditorium. I saw myself in, in, the, in all those guys six years ago. And it brought up the memories of my fears. It brought up the memories of where I never thought I could be. It brought up the memories of the unknowns, of, of not knowing how things are going to happen, not seeing the path, not seeing the way, not even seeing a way or seeing a path. Interestingly enough, and then as they stand for the invitation song, and I'm sitting, and I'm and I'm standing in or the closing song, and I'm standing in the back, and I'm just looking around at the congregation here at West End, and then I see those students on the right side. Time stopped because all those times for six years where there were prayers, there were times where I didn't see a way, where there were many days where I quit and I didn't want to do anything and I didn't see a way and I had to work on pride and ego and all these things and I just had to get better and I had great people to help me get better and congregations and ultimately and and my family and I had the word and I had all these things to help me and to guide me to mold me to become better for them and mostly and for God. And to see that in that moment where two worlds, my current world and the world that I once lived in, colliding and clashing together. And as time just stopped for me because now I'm living in my answered prayer. I'm living in my prayer to be able to love people and help people and study with people and, and be a part of something. It's just, it's incredible. But what happens so many times is we don't take the time to look at the moment, to look at where we are, to look at where we've come from, to who we used to be, to the person that we've changed to be. And many times we miss an answer because we're not living Matthew chapter five, Matthew chapter six and five, but we're not living Matthew chapter six. We're not we're not understanding what God gave us in the moment. The daily, this day, we're focused on the past days. We're focused on future days. We're not focused on the moment. And to to feel that you're living in an answer prayer. And again, guys, this doesn't mean that there's there's still things for you that that haven't happened. There's things for you that I'm sure you want to happen, and, and that's not wrong to have those things and want those things and want those desires. But take the time to be thankful for the manna of the day. And I wish I would have done that more. Take time to be thankful for the manna of the day. I want you to look at this example. I want you to see this so you can read it for yourself. Um, Look at Exodus uh, 16, I think. Yeah, Exodus 16. So remember, the children of Israel, they're leaving Egypt. I mean, this is going to connect right to Matthew chapter 6. The children of Israel are leaving Egypt. And as they're leaving, they begin to murmur and complain against Moses. But ultimately, they're murmuring and complaining against God because of what God has taken them away from, the comfortability, and taking them to something that's completely different, a completely different situation, and a completely different leader, leaders, Right? So different. Now everybody's confused. Now everybody's hungry. Now we start complaining. So then Moses, given some context before we get into 
Um, verse number 16, Moses tells them, all right, God's going to provide you manna in the morning. They explain what it is, and literally it is what it is. And then there's also quail in the evening. Okay, And the reason why, here's the reason, I don't want you to miss this, verse number 12, here's why Moses said God's doing this. Verse 12 of Exodus 16, I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel. Stop right there. Over the past years, 10 years, five years, a couple months, a couple weeks for you, you know the Lord hears your murmurings? He hears my murmurings. Man, Lord, I know you can do this, but this is this is too tough for you. Lord, I'm thankful for what you gave me. That's great, but you, Lord, you know I need it more than that. Lord, I'm thankful for this, but you know this didn't work. I, this would have been a little bit better, but I'm not saying that I'm not grateful. But So if we do that with God, then we're going to do that with the people that come into our lives too. So the Lord hears your murmurings as he hears mine. Speak unto them, saying, verse 12, at even you will eat flesh. And in the morning, watch the word, don't miss it. In the morning, you will be filled with bread. What does Jesus say in Matthew chapter 5? Blessed are they that hunger and thirst for righteousness. Connecting this to Matthew chapter 6, give us this day our daily bread. Who is the bread of life? Jesus, who is the manna, Jesus, uh, Exodus chapter chapter 16, verse 12, you will be filled with bread. Blessed are those that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for you will be full today. This is a sign of our faith, and this is a sign of my faith. If for some reason today, and then Lord willing tomorrow, and Lord willing the next day, if for some reason throughout today that I'm not full and I find myself murmuring and complaining to God about wanting more in some ways, I'm not full. I'm not full. Here's why we can say this, because I want to illustrate this from the text. So now, verse 16, this is the thing that the Lord has commanded. Gather it, talking about the manna, gather of it every man according to his eating, and omer for every man. So I want to explain this so you can understand it. So if you go to the grocery store, you know what a half gallon looks like, right? Half gallon of juice, half gallon of milk. So an omer is equivalent to about a half gallon. And so remember, manna was like wafers, right? Like little small wafers. So what the children of Israel were supposed to do, so let's say you got a family of five. You would grab a half gallon in the morning. You'd grab five half gallons of wafers, okay? you gather five of those. If you had a family of three, you got three. If you were single, you grab one, okay? So now let's go to the text. Grab an omer for every man according to his number, what we just explained, to the number of your persons, and take you every man which are for them in his tents, okay? Verse 17, the children of Israel did it. And some gathered more, some gathered less. So naturally, mathematically, compared to me, if if there's a family of five, they're going to have five half gallons of, of manna, and that's what they need. But for me, because the numbers are different, I'm single. So I'm just grabbing one. But guess what I could easily do? Man, 
I wish I could be like them so I can have five. Man, I wish I could have as much as they do. You see, now we're murmuring. We're not satisfied. We're not filled. But what did he say in verse number 12? The Lord is going to fill you every morning, whether you got a family of five or whether you're single. He's going to fill you, okay? So don't, don't miss that. Verse 18, and when they measured it with the omer, they gathered and had nothing left over. Doesn't that sound like filling? And they, they that gathered much had nothing left over, but they that gathered little didn't lack. So everybody was full. They gathered every man according to his eating. But Moses said, verse 19, let no man leave of this until the morning. Now, what some people did, they got smart. So if we got a family of five, you know what? Let's just eat off two of these gallons, and then we'll save three of them for, for tomorrow morning. So then tomorrow morning, we'll grab another two, we'll eat off that two for the day, and then we'll save three more. So now we'll just keep stacking. We'll just keep stacking these. Notwithstanding, verse 20, they did that. They didn't listen to the words of Moses, but some of them left it until the morning, and it stank, and it bred worms, and Moses was wroth with them. And they gathered it every morning, every man according to his eating. And when the sun waxed hot, then it melted so people wouldn't store it up. So give us this day our daily bread. Where does that reference come from, Jesus? Exodus chapter 16. What did the children of Israel, what did they want to do? What's the lesson behind this? The Lord wanted to prove to them, I'm going to take care of you day to day to day to day to day. But what they did, I'm going to take the blessings of today and I want more. We got to be careful, guys. We got to be careful. Give us this day. So when we live in the day and we keep walking with the Lord, you know you'll find your answer. How do you know that? Because it could be very possible that even right now you're living in your answered prayer. You're living in an answer prayer you prayed a year ago. You're living in an answer prayer you prayed five months ago. Maybe a week ago. You're living in an answer prayer right now. But instead of loving the moment and the bread for the day, I don't even see the answer. I'm still looking for the answer in the future. What did the children of Israel do? We see the answer, but we're looking for more. It's hard. I get it. I get it. But the day-to-day satisfaction of where the Lord has us, it's beautiful, man, because it gives a total dependency on the Lord said he was going to provide manna the next morning. All those half gallons, we were supposed to eat that for the day. It had to be gone. Why did it have to be empty by the end of the day? Because the Lord wanted them to trust that I, I have you tomorrow. So whatever state that you find yourself in, married with a family, praying for your kids, married with a family, praying for you, praying for your spouse, single man, single woman, praying for your spouse, divorce, praying for your kids, praying for your spouse, maybe praying for your future if things have to look different than what they look now. The Lord's going to provide for you 
what he provides daily. And it may not come in how you want it, but you have to be dependent. The Lord's going to provide tomorrow, Lord willing. So let me focus on the manna for today. So when Jesus in Luke chapter 11, verse 1, Lord, teach us how to pray, teach us how to ask for help. The first concept after honoring God, the first concept in in Matthew chapter 6, give us this day, Lord, our daily bread. It's beautiful, guys. Sooner or later, wherever you are, you'll be living in your answer. And your answer is seen through the eyes of faith, through the dependence of God. Mm, uh, it's just, I know I need to do better at this, but it's just, it's so great to study this and maybe this can help you where you are and help you to be, um, become more dependent on the Lord through these days. And this doesn't take away the lonely nights. This doesn't take away not having answers. This doesn't take away the, the feelings of being totally overwhelmed. This, te- this doesn't take away the feelings of insanity. This doesn't take away any of that stuff. In some cases, it kind of heightens it, to be honest with you. In some cases, it kind of heightens it. But I think that's the point where even if it does heighten it, that forges us to trust and depend on somebody to change the attitude to focus on him and what he's going to provide. And it's a complete dependence and trust that I'm just putting everything I have and everything I am and everything you are and everything you have I'm putting it in your hands. And just real quick before we end this, here's a concept that might help you with this. When you give all that you have into his hands, don't make it about yourself. Matthew chapter five, blessed are those that are poor in spirit. When you give of yourself to God, it's so helpful to think about who you're trying to become for others. Man, I'm doing this for my, for God, number one, but I'm doing this to become a better family member. I'm doing this for that random girl out there that I don't know that I know. I'm doing it for them, for her. I'm doing it for the kids that I don't know. I'm doing it for the congregation that I do know. I'm doing it for brothers and sisters that I do know, that I don't know through this podcast. I'm doing, you're doing, you're always doing something for the glory of God as you're giving up of yourself. But then as you're living in your answered prayer, you're doing it in your dependence for other people too. And that's what Jesus did, Philippians chapter 2. Jesus gave of himself for you. And so he says, please just live to be the same way. Man, I really hope this can help you and encourage you. Maybe this can give you a new perspective on things. And this is not, you know, a, a one, two, three step thing where it's going to get rid of these feelings and then it's going to add these feelings. You know, it, it's it's not that way to compartmentalize this. Some of these feelings may stay, but now you have a path. Now you know where to go. Now you know who to look to. And so that's what we want to do as we walk and as we journey with our Lord. So appreciate you guys. Love you guys. Um, Lord willing, we will be back on. Will we be back Monday? Yes, we will. We will. I'll be back from Last of Leaders. We will be back on Monday with another podcast. Thanks, guys.